Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
happy Monday to all of you. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. I have missed all of you since last week. Uh, we had so many great shows last week, so much great dialogue, amazing, so many things addressed. Uh, and uh, as always, uh, the, the uh, conversation, so smooth, so smooth. Anything you could ever ask for and want in a show. And I tell you, when I go back and listen and, uh, you know, hear, hear the repeat of the, of the episode, you know, I'm, I'm more blow, blown away every single time. Uh, we have a great uh, panel uh, with us always, and that's truly, truly an honor. And uh, I thank all of you uh, for that. Uh, I definitely, uh, uh, you know, am enjoying this ride. Definitely a fun, fun adventure. Uh, like I do every episode, I want to thank all my co-hosts. I want to thank my audience, my sponsors and guests. Uh, you are all incredible. Uh, we are now listened to. We picked up an additional country. We're now listened to in 24 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or any 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit our media site, dnexgenusa.com. And just to uh, remind everybody, uh, I will have uh, the section fixed this week uh, that will have all the latest updated episodes. I think as of now, I think like there's like five of the latest episodes are missing on the site. But remember, we're on 70 different pl- online platforms. So you can find, listen to the show everywhere, guys. So uh, I appreciate your patience on that. And I will get the, the site fixed ASAP so it's all updated with the, with the shows. Um, I also want to announce uh, more stuff about the new network that we're launching. Um, and I will be announcing uh, details about that either today or tomorrow, uh, more, more, more than what I said last week. Uh, we're, you know, I, I talked with my business partners and my team over the weekend. We're probably about a little longer than I expected uh, out right now. We're probably about a month and a half, two months out, uh, to be honest with everybody. Uh, we are, uh, you know, there is a little bit of a, um, uh, a situation uh, that we're dealing with, and uh, we're going around to, uh, you know, we have, we have, we have, Great people, you know. So my business partner Clint is uh, really doing a good job of, uh, you know, finding uh, the right resources, uh, you know, for uh, for the large funding. Uh, so stuff stuff's uh, looking really good, guys, and I can't wait till we officially launch this. Um, so I want I, I do want to introduce I do want to introduce my panel, um, of course, and I would I hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. I hope everybody had a productive weekend. I hope it uh, was fun. I hope it uh, was the the whole uh, the whole package. Uh, I had a great weekend myself. Uh, let's let's introduce to the show uh, doctor, award-winning speaker, professor, veteran, technology expert, best-selling author, and currently the commissioner of Parks and Recreation for Maricopa County. Maricopa County, Dr. Bob Branch. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic, Rory. Had a great weekend, had a great uh, Father's Day, and I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to the president's announcement tomorrow and going to one of the watch parties. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's definitely a uh, a lot a lot to look forward to. I mean, you know, with this new network we're, we're going to have with the political season and just all the, all the, the big names we have behind it, um, it's. I, I can't wait. Uh, the future uh, looks very promising and very exciting. And 
as you know, Dr. Branch, you, you will be having your own uh, program on the network. Uh, you and I will obviously discuss the details if you want to talk more about uh, what you specifically want to do uh, in regards. But, yeah, we, we loved it. We definitely would love to have you. Rory, anytime that you're setting up a new business, and I'll tell you what, my hat's off to you. It's an echo to Trump's economy. We got new business growing. You're starting yep. it. And, yep. you know, it, 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 there's always snags and hurdles. And if it was easy, everybody would do it. But it's not easy. But those that prevail, man, this is going to be a great station, a great network. This has been a great show. We've seen it yep. grow. In uh, the commercials and the sponsors that you have, the the only regret is, uh, you know, I don't see uh, TGI Friday sending the panel uh, anything Uber delivered. I I don't know, uh, but we got to get on those, those <laughs> well, sponsors to do that. Ask them why they haven't sent me anything free? I mean, originally I got a few free coupons, <laughs> but that was about it. I mean, I didn't I didn't get like a huge package. I wish I would have. I wish I like some of these other people that you know have some of these uh, restaurants. They get all all this stuff all these deals every week and special gifts and stuff. I wish, I wish I did. That's right. Congratulations, maybe, maybe Rory, on your success. I, have them for a while, I imagine I'll start uh, probably getting, you know, some of those comps and some of those things that, you know, they offer some of their, you know, their big clients. Sure. Uh, I don't think, yeah, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm as big as some of their other people, but I'm just, I'm thankful to have them a part of the, uh, the team for sure. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I uh, also want to welcome uh, conservative talk show host, 2024 presidential candidate, activist, and best-selling author, Daryl Kane. Daryl, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I do have to I do have to break some rather uh, sad news tonight. Uh, Mr. Kevin DeKuyper, the great, great Kevin DeKuyper, is driving through the Rockies right now. He does not have reception, so he texted me and asked me to give my best to your audience. And to you, and to explain that to you to get that through, I'm very sad that he's not here. I'm glad that Dr. Branch is here, and you're here. If it wasn't for you two, I don't know what I would do, but we're going to have to have to soldier on, the three of us. <laughs> but uh, good to hear your voice, Rory. Good to hear yours, Dr. Branch, and I'm, I'm really delighted to be on tonight. And let's have a really special show in honor of Kevin DeKuyper. Amen to that. Amen, brother. Uh, let's also welcome to the show Desert Storm veteran, columnist, activist, and radio show host, Eric Thompson. How are you, Eric? Hey, good evening. Thanks for letting me come back on again and a uh, lot to cover, so I'm looking forward to the show. Absolutely, my friend. Um, so, guys, I want to I wanna get obviously get into the opening story. I mean, there, there is so much uh, to get into. You know, I – am disgusted repeatedly over and over on a weekly basis with all of what the Democrats are putting forth. I, I, know I, I know I've talked about this many times on the show, but it's like every week they have another full agenda of anti-American policies to put on the table, to present to us. It's, it's almost, you know, I would really, I would really love to know some of these secrets of where, where, uh, you know, the money that these left-wing politicians are getting, and, and obviously on our side, but the people that are influencing them, their special interests. I mean, because you look at what the Democrats are putting forward, you look at really what they're doing. I mean, these are all signs of the devil. 
I mean, you look at what the devil did and what the devil, how he led his life. This is, this is what exactly is going on. I mean, this is rules for radicals, Solomonsky's playbook. It's all of this. And now, now, like we talked about on the show, and, you know, you have places like California that are officially going to pass a new health care that attempts to support and expand Obamacare. We already know how much of a disaster, how bad Obamacare is. And premiums are skyrocketed. I mean, you have premiums that at 200, 300%, or sometimes you have higher. I mean, it, this is ridiculous stuff, and it only really works if you get hit by a bus. Otherwise, it's, it, it's useless in a lot of ways. Um, you know, and, and the Obamacare, partly, they want to expand Obamacare, partly by providing free health care to, to adult illegal aliens. And l- l- let, me, let me go off the three facts that were presented uh, today in the news reports. Number one. California will become the first state to provide free health care to illegal alien adults. California, California already provides Medi-Cal, med, uh, med which, which is probably something in California off their, their insurance system, but to the children of illegal aliens up to age 19. The new plan is estimated to cover 90,000 people at a cost of $98 million annually. The new benefit creates a new incentive, new incentive for illegal aliens to come to the country and add to California in particular, which already has nearly a quarter of the nation's illegal alien population, but only 12% of the total population. Um, cal- number two, California will restore the individual mandate in Obamacare, and <laughs> exactly the thing Trump got rid of to save America and to save our insurance system. But what does California seem to do? Uh, Always, they go backwards in history. They try to do whatever the opposite of what Trump and, and true patriots are doing. I mean, this this is as bad as this is worse than third world. You have communism at its finest. You have all these tactics going on. And what's going on in California? The reason this is so pivotal and this is so insane is because don't forget, for the longest time, for a while, California was one of the most popular places for the middle class. But not anymore. Not anymore. I mean, their, their economy has completely been taken over by socialism. And my biggest fear when I see places like Los Angeles, San Francisco, with tents everywhere on the sidewalk, you can't even walk down the street without seeing a tent. Same place in my home city of Seattle. I, I feel like this is just going to keep evolving. And what do they do? All they do is keep throwing money at the problem. Because what have I said that does to everything? It enables it and it expands it. And it makes more people entitled and, you know, lazy. Let's face it. Um, let, me read, let me read number two. Um, obviously, I just said that California will restore the individual mandate in Obamacare. But to be specific, Californians, Californians will face a penalty if they fail to purchase health insurance, the same penalty that President Donald Trump and the GOP, like I said earlier, eliminated in their tax reform of 2017. As John Kopel of the Howard Jarvis Taxpayer Association told Politico, that means legal residents will be forced to subsidize illegal aliens. Listen to that, people. Your hardworking tax dollars are paying for illegals. And this isn't just going on in, in California with taxpayers being uh, you know, getting stuck with the, the illegal aliens tab. This isn't just this happening in, like I said, 
my home state of Washington, my, my home city of Seattle. It's happening in places like Oregon. It's happening in, obviously, California. We know that. If you look anywhere run by a liberal, you will see this sort of disaster. Show, show me somewhere where there's a conservative, a true conservative, running a neighborhood or a state or a city, and you won't, you, you won't see these problems to this extent ever. Maybe a little problems. I mean, all places have problems, right? But not, not anywhere near to these sort of levels. So number three, even California can't afford this – is, this is really important. Even California can't afford Medicare for all. The California, California plan is ambitious, as Fox News reported. Families of four earnings as much, of, as, much as 150000 a year would get health-paying monthly health, health insurance premiums. But even far left, uh, California does not go as far as providing Medicare for all, despite the fact that Democrats want such a plan and even passed one in the California Senate in 2017. Uh, the problem, even if California can't figure it, can't figure out how to pay for the yeah, this is a problem. I mean, it, this is a real problem. I mean, if they can't, uh, you know, we we look at we already look at all the people that are leaving California in tax because of these sort of radical uh, communist uh, policies. You know, California, in my strong opinion, and I, I think many people would agree with me. It's not, you know, mo- I would say more than not the residents there. I wouldn't say they're 100% conservative, but I would say a lot of the working class people there, I would put them in the middle. I'd say a lot of them are moderate Democrats, and I think a lot of them have went over to Trump because they don't recognize the Democratic Party uh, and, and the communism that, that it's transformed into, if that makes sense. Um, but I'm just, I'm just reading. I'm reading everything, and, and every single week, all these liberal policies just keep coming out. Now, for instance, Vermont is is about to allow taxpayer-funded transgender sex reassignment surgery for children. For children. And now we have California doing something else anti-American. They're they're allowing prison inmates to legally possess marijuana. I mean, that's going to be a huge incentive to go to jail. Oh, yeah, man, I'm just going to go get in trouble so I can go get high. What the hell is going on? And, you know, really something very frightening, and I think this is extremely important to point out. Uh, there was a report out in the news today that, uh, from a Pew Research poll, illegal alien population booms in three red states that Trump won in 2016. Telling me this is not all planned. I mean, this, this was what the Democrats, you know, knew they could get away with, and this was this was all up their sleeve. Uh, I do want to play Tucker's clip about what I was talking about California earlier and how pretty soon, I mean, if you keep having liberals in charge, this will turn into the United States in a lot of ways. And it kind of has in a lot of places. I'll play this, though. Uh, now I'll get everybody's thoughts. One, two. Welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. For generations, California symbolized everything that was fantastic, was great about America. It was the most beautiful place in the world, snow-capped mountains, pristine beaches, lush inland valleys, but it was more than a vacation spot. California supported the biggest middle class in the country. It had an education system, the envy of the world. It had gleaming infrastructure. California was a state that made the American dream a reality. Now, the state of California is known for a very different 
set of images, needles and feces in the street, a dying middle class, the country's highest poverty rate, policies that prioritize illegal aliens over ailing American citizens. California is still a symbol, but today it's a symbol of everything that has gone wrong with this country. Trace Gallagher joins us tonight with the latest from the once golden state. Trace? And Tucker, for Governor Gavin Newsom, California is humming along nicely, apparently, and he now says the Republican Party is heading into the waste bin of history. Quoting here, America in 2019 is California in the 1990s. The xenophobia, the nativism, the fear of the other, scapegoating, talking down or past people, the hysteria. And so we're not going to put up with that. We're going to push back. Newsom ended by saying, quote, what we're doing is working. I think Democrats are winning right now. Apparently somebody forgot to remind the governor that 40% of his state's population lives near poverty and that having among the highest country taxes in the country and cost of living isn't exactly giving them a leg up. And there's this. July 1st, California drivers will pay six more cents a gallon for gas taxes. That's on top of the 12 cents last year and on top of already having the highest gas prices in the country. Doesn't appear drivers are winning. Also on July 1st, California begins background checks on customers buying bullets. The cost, $1 for every purchase. The check is meant to quickly return information on restrictions like a felony conviction. And non-California residents can no longer buy ammunition here, period. Finally, a study by homeless advocates say people on Skid Row have less access to bathrooms than Syrian refugees, a problem which is vividly apparent to everyone in L.A. and San Francisco. But putting in more mobile bathrooms just in Los Angeles would cost $57 million a year. In other words, it's Jesus. not going to happen. Got to believe the homeless don't feel like they're winning either. Tucker. What a disaster. Trace Gallagher, thanks a lot for that. While California wages war on its own middle class and tries to build men's rooms that cost as much as houses, the governor doesn't see a problem with the state, as you just heard. Tens of thousands of middle class families have fled and are continuing to flee every year. Meanwhile, Gavin Newsom travels to Central America, telling his citizens his priority is helping people there. As the state disintegrates, Newsom says Donald Trump's version of the Republican Party is what's headed into the waste bin of history. Maybe so, but California is going to get there a lot earlier. And you know what really bothers me? You know what really bothers me is that you, and, and I'll just say, you know, I, you know, I, I do know some good people that are liberals and, and left, left wing, but they're not the radical type. But, you know, they're, they're so politically lost and, and misinformed. And, you know, they, they cheer on people like Gavin Newsom. And I just can't fathom it. I mean, when you have 60,000 homeless people on your streets in Los Angeles, on the streets in Los Angeles, and, you know, people don't even recognize California for what it was at one point. Because let's face it, for so long, it was the most beautiful place on earth. I love going there. But now I, I never want to go there. It's like, it's really, it's really sad. Because when you have one of the most, I think, like, the, the ideal places to go in America, and it's just being torn down, it's sad. And don't think this can't happen everywhere else. I mean, it already, start, it already started. It already, it already has, in, in a sense, starting. Uh, let's go to Dr. Branch. Hey, it, it is amazing to me, Rory, what's happening now in this country, especially what's and happening in California. Look at all their own people that are on the streets, homeless or in poverty, but the scumbag governor thinks he should go to another country and say how badly they have it. Give me a break. I, this is so evil. Well, it's so evil. And, and, you know, there's a few things that really concern me. 
for the past three years, Maricopa County, uh, for your listeners all over the world, that is the county where Phoenix, Arizona is. Uh, it's the fourth largest county in the United States. Yeah. Every For the past three years, it has been the number one growth county in the United States because people are fleeing California. They're right. coming into Maricopa County over 200 a day uh, for the last three years, have been coming into this county. <laughs> the problem is, is they're bringing their politics. You know, they're yep. fleeing it's, their politics, but they're blue. bringing it. And they're trying I'm to sorry, I didn't blue. hear that. They're trying to turn us blue. Oh, they're trying to turn us blue. And that's that's the that's the big concern I have. And you see Newsom, you know, with this uh federal with this mandate on uh you know, you have to purchase health insurance. Well, you know, that's already been deemed unconstitutional. And they're going to be fighting that. Uh and it it just you you hear these people, for instance, they'll complain about President Trump, they'll say uh, tariffs on China are going to raise uh, cost of goods. However, what about these taxes? You just said the gas tax, the the tax for that you're going to have to pay for uh, your health care. Look, look at the, just just look at the amount of taxes they're going to force on everyday people. Everyday people cannot afford to live in California. You can't afford to live up in the Silicon Valley. You know, my aunt sold a house up in Malpitas. It was a 1,200-square-foot home for over a million dollars. A person cannot live there. So you have this now class warfare where you have, like you said, 60,000 people now living on the streets in L.A. because they can't afford housing. You know, while the rich get richer there, the poor get poorer, and smart people, uh, you know, they're fleeing that state. Uh, But if you're fleeing your state and you're coming to Arizona, please leave your politics at the border. It's so true. And what California is turning into is pretty much what the Democrats try to accuse Republicans of. The, you know, there's like they try to say the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. But and they try to say that's on Republicans. That's Republicans' fault. No, it's not. It's the Democrats' fault. Exactly what the Democrats are doing in California, they are trying to uh, get rid of the middle class, and all they want is rich people with money to have power and then poor people that they can own and boss around, These govern- the government. Let's face it. And use them as their electorate to get them elected into power. So you, yeah. you create this uh, Willie Lynch principle where they are the victim, and they will continuously then vote because what do you go give them? Well, we'll give you free health care if you get sick as you're laying in your feces on the street in L.A. It just, it, it, it's, it's horrific. It, it's horrific what's going on out there. It should be stopped. The people of California have the right to stop it, uh, yeah. and I don't understand why they're not doing it. Very true. Always well said, Dr. Branch. Uh, let, let's go to uh, Eric. You live in California. Uh, you probably know a lot about this and, and what they're trying to turn <laughs> you know, stitch everything into. Uh, go ahead, please uh, tell us. Yeah, yeah. I came out. I came out here in 1988 in the Marine Corps in Orange County, and um, at the time, you know, Reagan had was just leaving office. He had won 49 out of 50 states and 
everything was going great. And then and then the bushes came in and everything else and the oh, next thing you know we're hey, Eric, I just want to say something really a really scary fact real quick. Orange County like sure. for people that don't know, and I'm sure I'm sure you know this as well, for the people that don't know, Orange County is the most probably the most if one of the most, if not the most conservative area in the state of California, or at least in Southern California. And they their political last political election they turned blue. So that should scare the shit out of everybody. That's I mean that's how uh, crazy it's getting. But go ahead, Eric. Sorry. No, what's in? But see, what 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 happened was that California passed a measure that is illegal, and the um, uh, Fitzens Group is suing California. They did something called ballot harvesting. So Orange County is really not liberal yet, but what happened was the night of the election, the, the Republicans were winning every House seat. By the time all of these late ballots came in, the Republicans lost every House seat. So what they did is they got drug, druggies and homeless people, and they said, go to these people's homes. They never vote. Hand them the ballot. Tell them to sign it. You drop it off to us. We'll give you some drug money. And so all of these mysterious ballots came out of nowhere and flipped the whole Orange County. But what's going on out here is you, you have Gavin Newsom and the progressives are up in Sacramento, and they are literally oblivious to how they're destroying the states. And so what they're doing is, is by bringing in all this immigration, rentals have gone up 30 to 40 percent across the state because Good you've got – 15 people, 15, fam- 15 people and among family that come in. And then China's coming in now buying up real estate. And India's coming in and buying up real estate, turning them into rentals. And then you got yeah. Fresno, which was 350,000 people. Now we're 600,000 people. Guess what? There's not that many more jobs and incomes haven't gone up, but you've got rents that have gone up 30 to 40%. So what's happening is it's forcing the American citizen the traditional American citizen out to the mountains, out of the major cities. And now California is forcing that all new housing needs to go up multiple levels. They don't want to have permits going out anymore for large lots for people to own homes. They want everybody confined and condensed into metropolitan markets up in these apartments so then the government can regulate. I mean, this new tax bill on bullets, I mean, background checks. So now they know if you buy bullets in California, the, the state and the federal government now can say, check, Rory bought some bullets. Oh, it's been a week later. Check, Rory, oh, Rory's buying a lot of bullets. We better go to his house and see if he's trying to overthrow the government. So with, with the gas taxes and everything else, but what you'll find in every city that's growing is growing homelessness. You'll find growing uh, Section 8 housing that the government's pay, pay, paying for. You're buying non-assimilated cities, and it's a total disaster. I'm in the middle of it. I live in a community that's doubled in size in the last eight years, and I'm only one of maybe two English-speaking people in this whole brand-new housing track. So you, most people looking into California are like, well, oh, that sounds bad. No, it's, a, it's literally on the Titanic I'm looking over the edge. I see the hole where the ice hits. And a lot of Americans are going, hey, we're in Missouri looking in. Is that hole pretty big on the boat? And it, it is really bad. Um, California has 
uh, $2 trillion in unfunded liabilities and pensions. Um, this high-speed train you may have heard of, they said they stopped it, but they're still building it. They're building it right here in Fresno. I can see them working on it every day. So they're still going to force this $30 billion train through while they're not helping the homeless. And the, and, and the, and the more vets are killing themselves, and the VA still has issues. So it, it's quite a mess. Um, but, but like one of your guests said earlier, the problem is a lot of companies did relocate to Texas and Arizona and Nevada, and, and they took their – their employees with them and that's why texas is in danger of flipping because when rick perry came out here saying hey bring your companies to texas he was so good at it that he brought a lot of liberal companies to texas and now you got dallas north dallas that whole metroplex area is probably 50 percent liberal 50 percent conservative but every time more businesses come in it starts to tilt more liberal and that's why you'll see dallas and houston and austin in San Antonio, we're all going blue because they've been so effective in taking progressives, bringing them in the state. But when they come in the state of Texas, they, they bring their California or New York or Chicago ideology with them, and they, then they want Texas benefits, but they want, they want it to be a Chicago culture. And that it's, it's un, they're non-compatible. So to, to summarize it, I, I am in these social science experiments. I am the decline. I am the Canada, UK, immersed into one state in the, in the United States of America. And we have nothing to do with the rest of the country except for Illinois, New York, New Jersey, Vermont. But we are literally an autonomous, uh, in violation of federal law on about any issue you can think of. And the government doesn't care. And, and the people don't know what to do. So that's, that's California. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it really, it really is mind blowing, and you know, it just the the whole, all the, the communism and everything attached to it. Uh, let Let's go to Daryl, and uh, then afterwards, I'll take a commercial, and we'll introduce uh, Todd McKinley, who's running for Congress in Tennessee. But Daryl, go ahead. Yeah, so I I lived in California for for many years. Um, I cut my teeth in business there, and I and I left a couple years ago in all practical sense, I sold my place and kind of, you know, moved to other parts of the country could, could sort of see, obviously say the, see the writing on the wall is kind of uh, an overstatement understatement, rather pretty obvious what was going on. I just didn't want to contribute anymore to the disaster that is California. There was something really interesting. I think that Eric just mentioned about how, you know, the attraction of business to Texas is actually turning Texas blue and I think that there's there's something there's a lot of truth to that. There's an interesting point to be found when you sort of unpack that reality, and that is the the failure of the sort of libertarian model of you know hey low taxes and do your own thing, and you know the reality is is that that's not what you necessarily want. That that's actually not sufficient, and the sort of the attitude that that was the way forward for the Republican Party or the conservative movement is an act of capitulation. And, you know, sure, I mean, of course, you, you can sell anybody on, on low taxes, um, but are you willing to toe the line on culture? And when you don't make culture an issue, when you don't make values an issue, all that capitalism really amounts to in the absence of our Christian values is hedonism. 
you know, you get people that like making money and they want to keep more of their money. And for some people, they think that's great. Then that's all that conservatism is. And let's all have fun with that. And the reality, as Eric is mentioning, is that that actually doesn't work. What happens is when you go with that attitude, you lose the whole situation. And a state like Texas, you know, is one of many reasons why it's trending blue or purple, rather. The main reason, of course, is just immigration, the reality of immigration. So when we talk to about, you know, California and what's going on in California, which we talk about really on a a nightly basis here and really can't talk about it enough, you talk about all of the measurables that to you, to Tucker, to myself, Eric, Dr. Branch, you know, all constitute a a complete disaster. These things are irrelevant to Democrats. The, The things the Democrats look to is, you know, what's going on with the demographics. And they are absolutely they, – they have absolutely no qualms whatsoever with, with the standard of living going completely down the tubes because a lower standard of living uh, makes it much easier for a, a, a larger government to prey upon the individual. So from their perspective, yeah, if I'm Gavin Newsom and my goal is to usher in a satanic theocracy on a national scale – I'm very pleased with what's going on in California because it's playing right into those plans. We're dramatically transforming the demographics, not only of the state. At that point, that's that's a foregone conclusion. The reality is the gravity of the demographics in California has a certain gravity on the on the national demographics, and you know they are exactly Eric's analogy about about looking you know, at the iceberg and the Titanic is, is a perfect analogy. He's, he's staring right at the barrel of the gun. And you know, the, if you're looking at the rest of the country, Gavin Newsom is, is exactly correct. You know, California of, of 1990 is the rest of America in 2019, and, and he's exactly right. And, and, and California in 2019 is the rest of your country in 2030. And this is why what's going on in the cities is, is has to be addressed. Uh, the, the American cities have become a black hole on the national identity, and it is not yes. just virtually every city in the United States is is progressive, with very few exceptions. You have a few states that are uh, you, your closest thing to a conservative state is essentially a centrist. Uh, sorry, not state city as a centrist city, but virtually all the cities are progressive. And that gravity is continuing. It's not moving in the opposite in the opposite direction. The cities and the quality of life is completely atrocious. You know, you have people, you have young adults, young millennials in their professionals in their 30s, making 150 thousand dollars a year. You know, rooming with four other people, and it's appalling and it's disgusting. And the quality of life is atrocious. You have crime on the streets. You have all the all the stuff going on, and all of this is being done to further the gravity of the progressive movement. And we, we talk about this night in and night out about how big of a problem this is, but there is no solution that's really being done about it. We have not actually started to actually turn the tide on these things and confront them in a serious way. Yeah, it would be great if we shut the border down 30 years ago, right? I mean, we're talking about this now. Uh, it, it's right. sort of like, it's sort of like, okay, congratulations, you've closed the front door, but you've already let the entire village into the house. So at a certain point, the, the conversation has to stop being about closing the door, which is a fairly obvious thing that you do in your home when you go to bed at night. Um, but now the right. question is, how do we get people out of the house? And how do we do that in a, in a compassionate and, and humane manner 
or at the very least, how do we start funneling them into a more positive direction? So that's really where the conversation needs to be moving, and I think everybody on this panel is, is well aware of that, and I applaud everyone for, for making the insightful contributions to this conversation tonight and, and every night. Absolutely, and I think, Daryl, I think it's also important to point out, you know, the reason I was, you know, saying that, you know, this is going to, this could be, and very well, uh, I mean, it already is starting to happen in, in, in many, many areas run by liberals, but you look at how all these states around us, uh, in terms of businesses, uh, you know, different establishments, usually a lot of these places or, or a lot of stuff that people get influenced from are places like California, because California is one of the most well-known, I mean, it, it, probably, it probably is the most well-known state in America. I mean, it's definitely the most populated. So, well, you know, maybe Texas is, maybe Texas is, I don't Absolutely. know about that. So, so do you, hey, you agree? I mean, it's like monkey see, monkey do. I mean, I believe, I kind of feel like that. Yeah, and I think, and I think that it's important. That I think that, that as conservatives, we have to set up those barriers and, and actually not say to people when they introduce themselves to you as conservatives and feel the need to preface that statement by saying, but I don't care about what people do in their homes and this and that. We have to sort of have some right. courage and say, you know, well, you're actually really not a conservative. You're just a person right. that likes making money. There's more to being a conservative than liking low taxes. And, you know, thinking that that was the path forward is a complete abandonment of everything that matters, and that's the exact reason why we are in the situation today that we are at. We have to stand on culture first and foremost because that is where the attack has come from. That's what cultural Marxism is, okay? It is an adapted strain of communism that recognized that, you know, purely economic Marxism was not enough. And it's, right. it's sort of like a virus, and the virus didn't work the first time, so it came back stronger. And what it identified was culture. We have to attack culture. We have to attack national identity. We have to break everything down, and then we can institute these things. So when your enemy attacks you on culture, you do not have the option to abandon culture. The conservative movement has to uh, go against what we've been told for the past several generations, which is that we have to back down on culture we have to do the opposite. We have to become we have to become stronger on culture than we were in the 1950s. It needs to be a complete reactionary movement because we have to reset this thing because it's the goalposts are so far out of whack right now. It's just a completely absurd dynamic to where being a social conservative nowadays essentially means that you think that a, a man should should not be allowed to use a women's restroom. I mean, that's the state of this, the, the culture war in this age, and it's appalling that the Republican Party has allowed it to get to this. We need a, a hard cultural reaction, and, and that's what, what I'm about. I know you're about it, and many of your guests as well. So I applaud you for giving us all a platform tonight to speak these issues because these are, you know, these are uncomfortable things that a lot of people don't want to hear, especially in mainstream conservatism, what we call conservatism, Inc., very well said, Daryl. You know what, man? Dar you know, when you run in 2024 for president, I, I mean, I, you're my first choice, man. I think once Trump leaves, a guy like you needs to come in there and, uh, you know, take over. I mean, I, I really – your insight is absolutely incredible and, and so profound, and uh, I'm really rooting for you, man. I think you're so fantastic. I really do. Always right on point. God, God bless you, brother. I love you. I'm sending you a hug. I love you. Anthony, you gave me goosebumps. I love you, brother. 
Well, it's true, man. Uh, we'll be right back. Everybody that wasn't a joke. <laughs> funny, funny. It wasn't uh, a joke. We'll be Stop right laughing. Back with, what, what were you saying? I said it wasn't a joke. Stop laughing. I was being serious. You no, I know. I thought, it was really, I thought it was really sweet. I thought it was really sweet. Um, I love you, we'll, Everybody, we'll be right back with Todd McKinley, who is running for Congress in the state of Tennessee. We're excited to talk to him. Stay with us, the Rory Chowder Show, coast to coast, worldwide. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love, like chicken, shrimp, and cheese, just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's. The home of endless absence. Endless absence every night, 9 p.m. to close. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to it now, as of this week, 24 different countries and on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit our media site, thenexgenusa.com. And uh, remember, like I talked about earlier in the show, and we'll be getting into more details uh, about the big network that we're launching and that we're raising a bunch of money for. Uh, and like I said, we are a little, we're, we're a little further out than I thought, probably about a month and a half away. So, Everybody expect by probably like, you know, I would say anywhere from like the very end of July to very early August. So not not uh, not too far. It will fly by, but I can't wait to share it with all of you. And, and remember, guys, uh, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, America's toughest sheriff, 
will be the face of our network. He will be uh, the spokesperson, along with the director of Jihad Watch, Robert Spencer. Uh, both of those guys have millions of followers and very lucky and, and fortunate to call them a friend of mine. Um, I do want to welcome to the show um, very, very talented guy, uh, retired Army paratrooper, Iraq and Afghan, Afghanistan vet, activist, White House military office, and currently the 2020 U.S. House candidate uh, for uh, Tennessee, uh, Todd A. McKinley. How are you, man? Welcome back to the show. Hey, Roy. What's going on with you guys? Oh, man. Um, can you hear me? Oh, yeah. So much. So much. We've been talking about so many different things. I'm sure you've been listening, and I definitely want to get your thoughts on what we've been talking about, but uh, please tell everybody, what, what district are you running in again? In, in yeah, Tennessee. so it's in the first, yeah, the first congressional district, which is Northeast Tennessee. Uh, so we're working on putting a, putting a good team together right now, working on fundraising and uh, endorsements. So we're looking to make an official announcement sometime in the next, uh, I would say next month or so. Uh, but we're we're putting our uh, campaign committee or exploratory committee together right now, and. Uh, Hopefully everything looks good for us as far as our poll numbers, our name recognition, and we'll we'll be rolling something out very very soon. And you know what what at this point what does your competition look like? And just in your primary, I mean, what are, what are you going up against? Are you look are you pretty much the front runner? Does it look like? Uh, well, right now we have an incumbent who again last time I ran in 2018 I I announced in September 2017 uh, to kind of get my name out there before. Uh, the 2018 year rolled around because he said he served five terms uh, and then next thing you know he's running for a sixth term uh of course course he had name recognition it was a gubernatorial election year so people showed up to vote for our our next governor and they didn't really pay attention to the congressional race he had name recognition obviously more money and of course 94 percent re-elect rate for incumbents and of course he beat me but i ran a clean campaign against him I i didn't attack him in any way uh, you know, it was very nice, cordial to him, and respectful. And I, you know, I appreciated his years of service. You know, as a physician, and uh, you know, I was respectful to his age as well. Uh, but you know, he had a few cronies on his team that were very uh, cutthroat and underhanded toward toward me and my campaign, and still are kind of upset that I didn't drop out of the race. You know, but being a paratrooper, a retired army guy, and a, and a combat veteran, we don't run away from fights. You know, it's one, one thing we just do not do. And so I stuck it out, and uh, you know, like I said, ran a good, clean campaign. And you know, he's likely not to run for seventh term, like he's, you know, he promised five terms. So it's it's hard to see that he's going to run for seventh term. But you never know. Uh, as of right now, there's a few other people that have talked about running, kind of behind the scenes. Uh, I, I really don't care what 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 they're going to do. I mean, you know, if they run, by all means, run, but run an honest, clean campaign because I, I don't. You know, people in Northeast Tennessee don't like the whole nudge-slinging, the attack, attack ads, things like that. I don't plan on doing things like that. I don't plan on being negative. Um, but at the end of the end of the day, if somebody has a negative or a bad voting record or has taken a stance that's not really conducive to uh, being a conservative, I would call them out on that. But I, I wouldn't run anything that's just slander or just misleading uh, because that's not who I am. That's not who we are as conservatives, or that's not who we should be as conservatives and Republicans, to be honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just just to so the audience is aware, uh, Northeast Tennessee, please um, uh, explain and tell everybody what city and area that covers exactly. Sure. Yeah. So the the major cities is what is called the tri cities: Kingsport, which is my hometown, Johnson City, and Bristol. 
then you also have Morristown down toward the west. Uh, we have uh, we don't we we go close to Jefferson City, but we don't we don't actually touch Jefferson City. Uh, in Green, Greenville, Tennessee, which was the home of Andrew Johnson, who was one of our presidents. If you if you remember that, your history. I uh, hope people yeah. hope people do. Uh, so Andrew Johnson, Greenville, Tennessee. We also have uh, we hit, we hit Virginia, we hit the North Carolina border, and we basically hit the second district, which is Knox County and Knoxville, but obviously not in our district, but close enough. Yeah, yeah, very very nice. So I mean, you're you know you're covering you're covering quite a bit of territory. Um, so oh, absolutely. Let, let me ask you this: um, in your area, what do you see as the as the biggest problems and what would be your three, your top three things uh, that would be your first priority of getting done when you're alive. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's one of those questions you asked last time. And one of those that that people asked me last week when I was in DC talking to people and uh, you know, to say that there's, there's three, uh, you know, I think would be kind of shortchanging a lot of things. I think one thing would be try to work on getting jobs to this area and healthcare is another major concern. Uh, We just had a, a horrible, Horrible merger with uh, two different health care companies and created this new Uh-oh. system that's kind of just – it's a monstrosity now, and it's all about – I think all about the money. Uh, but so getting some good health care into this area would be, would be a big thing. Also uh, education, getting a good job training. Uh, I'd love to see kids to come, come out of high school with some sort of technical certification or something trains, that they can take to an employee. Right? Yes. Absolutely. Also, to be able to take to an employer and, and be employable on day one and be competitive against people who are, you know, out there still trying to, you know, in their 20s and or, you know, mid 20s, uh, you know, somebody at 18, 19, be competitive to go and go in the workforce or go into an apprenticeship program. So things like that. I, I remember in high school we had, you know, shop classes. We had all sorts of different trades. Uh, you know, whether it's, yeah. uh, you know, metalworking. We had some sort of bricklaying. We had a few other things going on in our high school. Now, now the whole, you know, the vocational wing is just shuttered, which is sad. You know, and, and I wish we had, you know, those types of programs because, the in, in Northeast Tennessee, those are the types of people that are that are that we have in this area, uh, but we have no way to actually train them. Uh, with the exception of going out out of out of high school to go to trade school, technical schools, things like that, or leave the area altogether. And once they leave the area, they never come back. So the area is kind of getting older and dying off. And I, I'd love to see that change because we have so much to offer in this area. We have so much just natural beauty. Uh, we have so many so many uh, so many great things, so many great cities that uh, could companies could come in here and just set up shop. Uh, but we don't, we're not seeing that, and and that's something I'd really like to work on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, we see how, you know, in these school systems, how 90% of what you learn in a regular school every day in the everyday curriculum, you don't need it in your everyday life when you grow older. You know, the 90, there's like that only 10% of, of literally what people need in their everyday life. So that's why trade schools come such in handy because you can, you can train people specifically on what they're talented at and what they're good at rather right. than them having, rather than, them having to go through courses, you know, for many reasons. Number one, I mean, stuff that they don't need. Number two, stuff that they're not interested in, and a lot of times that leads to failure because, you know, they don't want to do their work because it's 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 stuff that they don't need and it's stuff that's just boring and it's just it's just another way for a lot of these educational schools to make extra money on on extra classes that are so unnecessary. You know what I mean? Oh, and uh, I I agree a hundred percent. You know, uh, you know, especially in high school, I think. 
you know, basic basic math in general math stuff like that would be perfectly fine. Maybe maybe like an algebra class. Everybody doesn't have to take algebra two to be honest with you. Um, so so let's let's focus on what do the people need, you know, in in their everyday life. Uh, or out right. on the job site, you know, uh, you know, trades is like I said, one of the biggest things. Obviously, you need your basic math. You need some good science. Uh, a few things that we're not teaching that we should is civics, and I think we should teach more about the Constitution. Uh, so maybe yeah. put that in, 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 in a social studies class that that I don't even know if that they're teaching these days either. Uh, a good American history class would be awesome as well. We, we don't have that. People people forget their history, and next thing you know, as the saying goes, we're doomed to repeat it. And I, I think we're we're kind of seeing that as we, we've kind of given more control to you know a, a big large S government in Washington D.C., uh, which thankfully you know under President Trump is not a tyrannical government. But we could see how easily that that could change if a Democrat gets in there, let's say in 2020, 2024, you know, or down the road, because at some point the White House will go back to a Democrat. It, it would it will happen at some point. I don't think it's going to happen in 2020. Uh, but yeah. at some point down the road. So, you know, taking more things away from the federal government, putting them back in the yeah. hands of the state and, and local governments and, you know, and teaching people why the Tenth Amendment is so important, uh, teaching people why the Constitution is important. You know, this whole thing people talk about, well, I have nothing to hide uh, whenever you talk about the Patriot Act, things like that. It's, but it's not a matter mm-hmm. of, of having anything to hide. It's why does the government need to know any, all of these things about you? Like you talked about a minute ago about, you know, buying ammo or what have you. Uh, why do they need to know yeah. how much ammo I'm buying? I, I, I like to shoot. <laughs> exactly. I like my, I like to teach my friends and family to shoot. Or I just want to have a stockpile in case a zombie apocalypse happens. You know, <laughs> you never know, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and for the record, know, I, I for the record, for the record, for the record, I don't think there's a zombie apocalypse going to happen. But you know, the end of the end of the world could easily happen. You know, World War Three scenario. What? Whether it's nuclear war, whether it's an electromagnetic pulse, whether it's some sort of famine or biological terrorism, or uh, you know any any sort of warfare like that, it could could easily happen. And you know I would like to be prepared. So anybody who thinks that the government is going to be be there to save you like they are in the movies, where, where helicopters just all of a sudden show up with food, men rolling with Humvees, and you know ready ready to protect you, that's just not gonna that's just not gonna happen. Everybody needs to understand that. Uh, your your government your government has has a problem. Program in place, uh, the kind of government, kind of the presidency, uh, to ensure a, a basic government function can can, can continue. Uh, but they're not going to be enough people, enough uh, rations, enough uh, clean water to go around to come and save you. So the, you need to be basically self-sustainable. Yeah, and, and what 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 we were talking about earlier. Obviously, you were listening to the show before I introduced you, but. You know what, what's going on with California? I mean, I'm sure you were listening. I mean, you, you see what's going on in these places run by liberals, and it's it's just a mess. I mean, everything, all these pol- all these policies are completely backwards. It's third world. Right. Uh, it's 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 signs of the devil. It's communism in every single way. Rule for radicals. Solovinsky's playbook. I mean, you name it. I mean, it, sure. you know, what are your thoughts on it? Doesn't it doesn't it make you sick to your stomach? I mean, look how beautiful California was for the longest time. Everybody loved to go there, and it was the number one place for the middle class. But now the middle class can't wait to get the hell out of there, and you know, people don't want to go there as much anymore because it's a dirty place. And you know, we're right. looking at how expensive it is. We're looking at how you know it's either you're very rich or you're very poor. I mean, that's that's kind of what it's looking like. And you know, with the homeless epidemic, when they keep throwing money at these crazy situations, all it does is enable the problem and keep it make it worse. So, you know, it's 
and I was saying how L.A. and California, you know, if, if liberals keep getting more power, you know, we're going to see this all over. I mean, this is this is scary. Right. You know, and I heard it was this was uh, a couple of years ago. A, con- a congressman out of California, I can't remember the name. Uh, we're talking yeah. about you know people fleeing ca- fleeing California and how they were going yeah. to ca- uh, t- places like Texas. And he's like, well, that's yeah. good. We're exporting you know our ideology. We're and, and of course the sad part is they go to, they flee California, they flee New York and a few other liberals uh, or leftist states, I should say. Uh, and they go to places like Texas. They go to places like North Carolina, Virginia. Uh, you know, look at Northern Virginia, and you know the, the the rest of the state is basically a red state. But Northern Northern Virginia basically pushes that state to the blue state, the, the triangle over North Carolina. You know, the in uh, Raleigh Durham area. You know, a lot of liberals yeah. went there, and 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 they're voting the same way that they did in the state that they fled, and it's pushing these yeah. states more and more uh, to a blue state. Uh, yeah. You know, which really really begs the, the, the question: It's like, why did you leave your home state? You know, you left it for for high taxes. Uh, you had you had an oppressive government. You had too many regulations and, and all these other things. And it, it also, your your dollar your dollar actually went uh, you know a lot lot less than it does in these other states, like say Tennessee, for example. You know, somebody makes fifty thousand dollars here, they're living pretty well, especially in Northeast Tennessee. You know, you go to places like New York, well, fifty thousand dollars. You know, you're gonna probably have to work two jobs, to be honest with you. Exactly. Uh, so don't don't leave those states and then go somewhere else and vote the same way. Tennessee, uh, I can see a problem, especially in Metro Nashville area and and Memphis. People are moving to those areas and they're voting the same way. It's like, what attracted you to that state? You know, it's probably low regulation, uh, low taxes, or, or or no state income tax. Uh, low crime, uh, good jobs, good paying jobs, uh, good education. So maybe you should look at what, what attracted you there, what type of government that they have, and if it's Republican, hey, by all means, let's vote, vote, keep, vote Republican. And maybe you're not the most conservative person, but some reason brought you there. Uh, maybe those guys in that, those states have a good ideas. Maybe, maybe you get on the, 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 the whole train, if you will, to borrow a, a phrase from Trump. Very true. Yeah, very true. I mean, and we're looking just, I mean, thank, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful beyond words that uh, Donald Trump is in there because, you know, we see how Democrats want to give all these, you know, benefits to illegal Social Security, uh, you know, welfare. They want to give them all this stuff. And if, if it was a Democrat president right now, I don't even think we'd have a country left. No, I, I I agree with you. You know, and they've done their level best to tr- to try to bring this man down. Two years, yeah. two plus years of investigations, and now they're continuing it in the House of Re- uh, House of Representatives. Yeah. And then, of course, also also they're you know, thankfully the Republicans have the Senate, which can put the kibosh on some of that stuff. But even over yeah. in the Senate, you have some mem- members that are that are starting to play this game because they they know 2020 is at stake, and the only way to beat him is to continue to hammer this home. And hopefully you'll keep some some uh, you know independent voters at home, or what what mm-hmm. will happen is maybe some of those some of those people that reluctantly voted for Trump maybe will stay at home, uh, and you know whittle, whittle down basically his support. That's really what they're trying to do, and hopefully try to energize their own base. And, and you see somebody like Joe Biden who you know had, really in my opinion at this point has no convictions. He has no no personality of who he is. It's like. You know, you, you were moderate Joe for all, all these years, which is where the Democrat Party uh, for many decades has been. 
You know, uh, mm-hmm. there, there's a difference between a liberal and a leftist, and now he's trying to occupy the same space with all the other candidates, which is the leftist uh, uh, part of the uh, party, uh, which is only a small portion of people. But the reality is they're the loudest, so I guess Joe thinks that's where he's going to get all his votes from. It's like, Joe, be a moderate. You know, stick, stick to your guns. Stick to, stick to what brought you to this point. You know, basically, you put on the ticket in, in 08 to balance out Obama's liberalism or, or his leftism. Uh, people saw you as kind of a level-headed guy. So, you know, the, the, I'm, I'm not trying to give Joe Biden any, any more advice, but, you know, the, the party has gone so off the rails. My, you know, my grandfather right. uh, was was a Democrat way back when. And, you know, they used to be for the working-class yeah. people. They used to be for, for right. America. They used to like they the used Kennedy to be for, Democrats for, when, they, when they actually yeah, had right. something to care about the American worker. Right, basically, you know, they and even Bill orders, Clinton, they even Bill Clinton, even Bill Clinton did a pretty good job. I mean, he was mostly a moderate in a lot of ways. I mean, but he had a lot of Republicans yeah. around him, like Newt Gingrich running, running, being the House Speaker. So I think that helped him a lot. But sure, yeah, I think. You know, well, what, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, well, Clinton saw that first midterm, you know, went south for him, and he had to, he had to moderate himself. Which, you know, it, I, I I don't mind a, a Democrat moving to the center. But don't move to the left. That's just that's just asking for ruin, not only for your for yourself, but for this country. I say yeah. no country has ever been successful uh, by having a leftist in charge of them. You know, communism doesn't work, uh, and, and socialism doesn't work. And you have idiots like Bernie Sanders over there, Un- Uncle Bernie, or whatever the hell he calls. No, 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 uh, no, yeah, oh, yeah, the, the, <laughs> the millionaires and the billionaires. It's like you, you only you run out of other people's money at some point. You know, and that's absolutely true. Uh, so, so the reality is, he he says, well, all these other countries didn't do it right. Well, they they got it wrong. It's like, well, if they got it wrong, how are you going to get it right? The reality <laughs> is, it's a flaw. It's a it's a flawed, destructive, evil ideology, and and the premise is completely you know disastrous. So, the reality is, do not vote for any of these people. Do not vote for you know in, any Democrat in 2020. There's only one candidate right. that's going to be on the ballot that you you can actually vote for. Whether you like his yeah. tweeting or not, whether you like the way he says some things, he, he, he's repetitive in some of the words that he used. I don't care. Donald Trump's the only right. person you can vote for. End of the day, period. Very true. Very, very well said. Yeah. Uh, I do want. I do want a. Uh, I want to switch topics just a little bit. Um, you know, a lot of people are making a lot of controversy over Trump's uh, interview with uh, little Georgie. Stephanopoulos over the weekend. Uh, I, call him, and, I, uh, I call him Clifford. I call him Clifford. If you know the 1994, he needs a booster, uh, seat, to, he needs a booster seat to sit in a chair. He's a little, he's yeah, a little guy. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yes, he does. He has a little man. He has a Napoleon complex, by the way. Oh, he definitely. Oh, he definitely. He's like the. He's like the epitome of Napoleon <laughs> complex. But yeah, Absolutely. Napoleon yeah, except true. except he's not as successful as Napoleon. So anyway, <laughs> very true. Very true. Uh, but anyways, guys, I, I, want, I want to play this clip, and obviously, Todd, I want to get your thoughts, and then we get the panel's thoughts. But, you know, Trump, obviously, you know, some of the things that were said in this interview, uh, you know, I, I, you know, they twist his words constantly, especially when you have instigators and, and liberal liberal leftists that, uh, you know, uh, like like Stephanopoulos. I mean, this is, this is what's typical, especially stations like ABC. I mean, you know, I couldn't – I didn't expect anything – you know uh, anything different? I mean, this is this is what it is, I and mean, this is what they do. And uh, obviously, we we see right away uh, the liberals want to get offended about something, so they jump to this right after right after even 
the whole interview doesn't even air. You get a small clip, and liberals start whining and crying on Twitter and social media. I just, I mean, I can't, you know, believe. I mean, I can't actually believe, but I, I, I'm overly disgusted how Obama created just a bunch of pussies with these. Made everybody feel like made everybody feel like they had to be offended. I mean, it's sick stuff. But let's play this clip, guys, and then let's definitely talk about it. Uh, one seven. Brand new excerpt of my exclusive interview with President Trump. The president refused to answer questions from Robert Mueller about his evidence of possible obstruction against the president. But Trump took them from me and took on Mueller's star witness, Don McGahn, strongly suggesting that the former White House counsel lied under oath. More than 1,000 former prosecutors have concluded that President Trump obstructed justice in the Mueller investigation. And one of them, Democratic presidential candidate Kamala Harris, now says that she would have no choice but to pursue criminal charges against Trump when his term Where's ends. Willie? She's running for president. She's doing horribly. She's way down in the polls. She says she would I have no say choice but to is really uh, cleaner than her clock. And I heard she made that statement. And you know what? Who wouldn't? Probably if I were running in her position, I'd make the same statement. There was no crime. No special counsel should have ever been appointed. You know why? Because there was no crime. They had no, excuse me, they had no evidence of crime. He lays out a lot of evidence, including the episode where you ask your White House counsel, Don McGahn, you tell him Mueller has to go. You call him twice and say Mueller has to go. Call me when it's done. Don McGahn, the president's former White House counsel, named more times in the Mueller report than any other official. Mueller presented evidence of possible obstruction by President Trump when he pressured McGahn to get Mueller fired. I was never going to fire Mueller. I never suggested firing Mueller. That's Do not I what he think? Says. Excuse I don't care what he says. It doesn't matter. That was to show everyone what a good counsel he was. Why would Don but McGahn we had a lie? Business, why would he lie under oath? To, why would he because lie he wanted to, to make Mueller. himself look like a good lawyer or... Or he believed it because I would constantly tell anybody that would listen, including you, including the media, that Robert Mueller was conflicted. Robert Mueller had a total conflict of interest. I I didn't say that. But if you answer these questions to me now, why not answer them to Robert Mueller under oath? Because they were looking to get us for lies, for slight misstatements. I looked at what happened to people. And it was very unfair. Very, very unfair. Very unfair. I gave them 1.5 million pages of documents, right? I gave them four or 500 witnesses. I let Don McGahn testify. I let him say he was a White House counsel. I let him testify. I knew he was good for an interview. You didn't answer questions on obstruction. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I did answer questions. I answered them in writing. I don't know about those. I don't know. I answered a lot of questions. They gave me questions. I answered them in writing. Not an obstruction. Look, George, you're being a little wise guy, okay, which is, you know, typical for you, just so you understand. Very simple. It's very simple. There was no crime. There was no collusion. The president does not like those questions on obstruction of justice about Robert Mueller. And for the record, he did not answer questions about obstruction of justice from Robert Mueller. This, is, this issue with Don McGahn is significant, Cecilia, as you know, because the president right now blocking his testimony to the Congress. And Don McGahn was known for taking copious and very thorough notes during a lot of his meetings. So that is a witness that they were obviously very worried mm-hmm. about. And for the record, you're not a little wise guy. <laughs> you, <laughs> you can see more of George's full interview with President Trump in a primetime special. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, these people are unbelievable. ABC is disgusting. I mean, they, they twist it. They find some way 
All these stations find some way to make Trump look like the bad guy, make him look like he's a liar, make him look foolish. But it's just not the case. I mean, the, the people have woken up. A lot of people have woken up and know the lies of the media and how the media does twist things. And how President Trump, you know, isn't isn't wrong. I mean, President Trump is expressing himself properly in a lot of ways, although I think he could reword some things sometimes. Uh, not really in this interview, though. I don't think he really did much wrong. But, um, you know, I, I, it, it's all twisted. The media, like I said many times, journalism has been dead for a, for a while. It's all about opinions. It's all about who's first to the story. It's all about hearing a freaking rumor and thinking you can go. If you can spin it, you can, you can, you can make it so people believe it. I mean, it's, just, it's crazy how the facts don't matter to these people anymore. And, you know, we see hours and hours and hours and millions and millions of dollars spent, years and years of the investigation, hundreds of witnesses, not a goddamn thing, nothing, nada. And these other people that got charged with crimes that were involved with Trump, this is stuff that happened way before they had anything to do with Trump, like Michael Cohen, Paul Manafort, that had nothing to do with Trump. But these, God, it's like, you know, they still can't get over 2016, and they're trying to win in 2020, the Democrats. It's just not going to happen. I mean, these people are ridiculous. They're, they're vultures. They're blood-sucking vampires. Uh, Todd, go ahead. Let's go to Todd. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree with you, everything there. And he, he is a, a little smug, unhappy young man, a little man. You know, he, he's a horrible human he being. He's this, a little this, this guy. Of the ring, little Frodo. <laughs> yeah, right. Because you know you're trying trying to get the ring thrown into the damn mountain. The next thing you know, he's trying to steal it. But anyway, he, he, <laughs> he, yeah, you know, it's like how how did Trump obstruct anything if he did nothing? If nothing was nothing that was done was wrong, you know what I mean? So how, how is he obstructing justice? It's like now now that he had no collusion, there was no collusion. Yeah. So now they have to switch to the yeah. oh, there's obstruction of justice. Exactly. You know, but at the end of the day. President Trump at any point could have fired Mueller. That was within his purview. He could yeah. have fired. He can fire any. He could fire anyone. Essentially, anyone, especially right. anyone right. appointed. Any, especially anyone appointed in the executive. But he branch. didn't, and all they're doing uh, is talking about these hypotheticals. It's ridiculous. Right. You know, it's like whenever he talked about you know General Flynn. You know, uh, where where he said you know he's a good man. You know, please don't don't destroy him. You know, is there anything you can do? Uh, at the end of the day, you know, General Flynn w- was charged with, with, with a number of crimes. I, I don't think that he, he was guilty of any, anything, uh, uh, not necessarily anything major. Uh, but, you know, you're, you're asking, hey, is there anything you can do? You know, you're not telling him to go do, do something. You know, you're not telling him to, you know, uh, obstruct justice or, or not charge Flynn with something. And he's just basically yeah. saying, hey, I, he's a nice guy. He served his country well. He's an honorable yeah. person. Anything you can do. You know, you're just speaking on his behalf. You're, you're not obstructing anything. That's just so ridiculous. Right. Um, you, you know, it's, at the end of the day, Democrats have nothing, so they have to continue to, to uh, you know, uh, to par- pardon the pun here, trump up things. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and you know, they go into his personal life because they, they, you know, it's just, it, it's really, it's really sad. It really is disgusting. Um, right, Dr. And, and, and Kamala. Oh no, go, go ahead. Go ahead finish your thought. Go ahead. And, 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 and Kamala Harris to say, "Oh, I would have to, you know, basically charge Trump with whatever she was saying." 
Uh, you know, that's like Trump saying, well, I'm going to go ahead and charge Hillary. And he's not he's not done that, you know, but, you know, th- this is what Democrats do. They're always about vengeance. They're about using government, the, the government apparatus, whether it's the IRS or whatever, to go after their enemies, to go after those different groups who who uh, differ with them ideologically. And this is this is what they do. Government's a weapon for them. And that's why we should never let them uh, anywhere near the White House. You're absolutely right. Very well said. Uh, Doc, Dr. Branch, what, what are your thoughts? Well, first, I, I, it's it's great talking with Todd. I, I wish you success. I, I hope that you decide to run. Uh, you know your, you know those that don't know your medical, uh, your your military record is very impressive. Uh, you know, I I was in cryptographics myself, a sergeant. Spent a little time at your Signal Corps down in Fort Gordon, Georgia, and so nice. I appreciate go. everything. Uh, they called it Air Force Appreciation School because there's about a hundred of us and a hundred thousand of y'all, so it was mm-hmm. it was tough. Oh but, yeah, uh, yeah. But no, thank you for your service. Uh, and and thank uh, you, I, thank I like you. to see an enlisted man running for office too, because you know sergeants are actually the ones that actually get things done in the military. So, yes, uh, but sir, also you. you yeah, in describing your congressional district, that goes all the way down to Pigeon Ford and Dollywood and Gallenberg and yes. that, right? Yep. Yeah, and County, Smoky which I, Mountains. I, I, yeah, I should have added that in there, basically. You know, anybody knows Dollywood or Sevierville or Pigeon Ford's Gallenberg, that's part of the district, you know, and it's a beautiful part of the district, too. Sure, sure. The Smoky Mountains can't can't beat mm-hmm. that, so – um, my yeah, and and going back to you know what Daryl was saying at the beginning uh, when yeah. he was talking about these socialist programs and that in California and you know how the left they keep wanting to grow these socialist programs. One thing that I've noticed that you know with the new tr- uh, with the new tax laws that went into effect, state and local taxes, salt taxes. Uh, now are not being you cannot write those off as you did before so i'm wondering you know these these people that live in california that you know are paying now and can no longer write these off of federal taxes i had thought that they would help to curb some of these socialist programs that they're enacting but apparently not so i'd like to get your view on you know, how we could stop some of these programs. But also, uh, you know, I understand, you know, Roe is, uh, you know, you want him turned out termed out because of his commitment, uh, what he told the voters uh, as far as his his self-imposed term limits. Uh, but what, what are you going to do different than, you know, what, what Roe has uh, been doing? So I'd like to get your views on that as well. Okay, perfect. Yes. Yeah, so a few things is, you know, he's been in there now. He's in his sixth term. Uh, so part of his what the problem is is not only addition has he has he lied to lied to the people basically, reneged on a promise. Uh, he's inaccess- inaccessible to the people. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't show up in the district as often as he he once did early on. Uh, so basically, not being around for his constituents, uh, not holding true to many many different promises that in. You know he'll make he'll make appointments with people and, and won't show up, or his people will make appointments and he won't be around. Uh, the way he, the way he holds town halls is he basically holds them in small venues, and he basically front loads a number of friendly people, which reduces the number of space for actual constituents to come in. Uh, he does the whole rephrasing of the question. Basically, he has somebody who works for him 
uh, rephrase or basically restate the question, which is a, basically rephrases the question. Me, I like the idea of you know hold, holding a town hall in a venue large enough so everybody can show up and talk to you, uh, have their grievances heard, and you basically give them an answer to the question they, they ask you. Uh, none of this restating or rephrasing of the questions. Uh, so I, I will hold quarterly town halls at various places throughout the district, regular office hours in each county seat, uh, not, not necessarily every month, but I'll pick a county within the district every month and go basically hold regular office there on a Saturday and on a Sunday so people in those counties can come see their congressmen and their congressman staff and have their issues you know, dealt with there versus trying to, trying to travel to the district office in Kingsport or Morristown, which is hard for a lot of people. Uh, we, have, like we have an aging population in this area. We have a lot of veterans, and it's very hard for some of them to travel. So I will go to them and basically be accessible to them. Uh, also, I will make sure that if, if they send me an email or send my staff an email, uh, we will have to respond directly to them within so many hours or so many, uh, so many uh, basically 24 hours or 48 hours, and also follow up with a phone call to ensure that they received our reply and figure out what we can do to help them directly. Uh, and you know, some some of the things is it could be an issue that uh, could be handled locally with say a county government or state representative, and I'll make sure that that person gets in contact with, with that individual who has the issue. Uh, if somebody entrusts you with, with, with their problem. It may not be something that rises to the level of, of, uh, of the federal government, but they entrust you uh, to basically solve that issue for them, and that's what I would do. Be accessible, listen to them, and work through their issues and problems for them. And you know, at the same time, is limit myself to you know the three terms in the House that I promised last last time with U.S. term limits. I'll I'll sign that pledge again, and that way they know that hey, at, at the end of this uh, six years, uh, he, he's gonna he's gonna move on, and. Uh, you know he's going to be a man of his word, so that that's kind of how I'll be different. Yeah, because your your district is very conservative, um, you very know, about conservative, three yes. to one over the Democrat in the last election. Um, in in Arizona here, we have Martha McSally. Uh, she was appointed to fulfill right. uh, the remainder of uh, John McCain's seat in the Senate. Uh, you know, many people view her. First of all, she lost to Kirsten Cinema in the Democrat mm-hmm. in the general election. Uh, so then she was appointed. Many people do not believe uh, that she's the right person or that she can beat uh, the astronaut Kelly, uh, Gabby Gifford's right. uh, husband. Uh, right. So don't believe that. So right now we're looking for candidates to run. Against her, first of all, she's. We don't look at her as the incumbent because she was never elected to the position. She was just right. appointed to fulfill the last, basically, year uh, or nine months of 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 uh, the the John McCain. So, but um, you know, we're we're looking at candidates right now to do that, and we're getting a lot of uh, flack from the Arizona GOP. <clears throat> Uh, because, you know, they want, you know, the person sitting in that seat. Are you getting a lot of flack for running against an incumbent, especially a Republican in a conservative area? Well, well, I've got to tell you, you know, last time a lot of people, a lot of people understood that he was only supposed to do the five terms. And he, he basically turned a lot of people off to him. And, of course, in his, in his home county, they basically fractured the party over there. Because they were trying to say, do not support McKinley, do not give him a shot. We're only going to get behind you know, Congressman Rowe. 
uh, stay with him. And of course, people said that's not how we do things. We have we have uh, you know we have primaries for a reason. And so, but I did get a lot of flack from certain establishment people. Uh, but there's a lot of good you know uh, independent-minded individuals who are conservative in this area uh, who, who gave me a shot, who came out and helped me, and of course voted for me. And, and now we've we've grown our team. We've got a lot of younger folks on on, on board, uh, even more so than we did last time. Uh, so I think I think with that and the fact that um, you know we're getting a lot of support out of Washington, uh, and, and mind you, I, I'm not going to say that this is an endorsement from the administration, but I do uh, I do some advanced work for the president, vice president. So I do some associate stuff with the White House. Uh, so we're talking with a lot of the Trump campaign people and a lot of people you know in in those circles uh, about you know endorsements and, and working on fundraising. Uh, but of course, getting stuff, getting money from the establishment is is very hard uh, because you know until he announces he's not running, uh, it does hinder ourselves. But at the end of the day, he promised you know the five terms, and and last time he said, well, I'm only going to do this one more term because I got some unfinished business. I can't see him finding a real solid reason to say why he's running for a seventh term. Uh, he's mid 70s. He's had health problems. Uh, you know, he, he I think he's a healthier now than he was in the last few years, which is good. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, it's like you're pushing 80. Why don't you, why don't you retire, come back home, let somebody uh, you know who, who's been in, in the fight, you know, literally in the fight, go up to D.C. Who, who has no problem taking it to the Democrats, who has no problem, you know, li- listening to their identity politics and, and in fighting back. You know, uh, that's something he hasn't done for you know since he's been there. Uh, and a lot of times he's he's late to the game. He sees where the political winds are going before he makes a, a public comment on something. And of course, he he was late to the Trump train. He was, I think he said, you know, Trump wasn't his. Uh, I think Trump was like his fourth pick. Basically, if, uh, he, he some, somebody told me he he saw great coattails that he got on board. Uh, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, here, here's a here's a popular president in our area, so he 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 latches on to him. But then whenever it's something that's you know, unpopular, all of a sudden you see his true colors. We won't stand by the president. You know, it's like, you know, stand by the president if if if, if that's your man. Uh, don't run away from him just because, you know. Very true. Very true. Um, Dr. Branch, I want to get your thoughts, though, on, uh, you know, this whole – unless you have another question for Todd. I'm sorry, what? You have another question for Todd? I, 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 you know, I, I didn't. I oh, didn't. Go, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't really have another question for him. You know, I, I wanted to, you know, chime in on exactly what he was saying about, you know, sticking up with the president because right now, um, that's what I'm fighting with McSally. Uh, McSally does the exact same thing. You know, when she's yep. running for an election, hey, I love, uh, you know, I, I love Donald Trump, but as soon as he says mm-hmm. something unpopular, she's totally against him. And to exactly. me, you know, and, and I've said this many times on this show that, you know, Donald Trump is not just a man, not just a president. Uh, Donald mm-hmm. Trump is a movement in this country to save this True. country. We need people that are going to back Trump in what that movement believes in. More, yep. you know, more, and and so we need these people in, and we need the old swamp out, uh, and yep. you know, so that's why you know I'm fighting the establishment right now. So I just yep. want to, you know, commend you on that. Uh, you know, I know you're you're in a really conservative area, and God bless you, and I hope that you do well. 
And Thank Dr. You, Branch, I, I, want to ask, I want to ask you, uh, Dr. Branch, uh, what are your thoughts on the clip with uh, little Georgie Stephanopoulos and uh, Trump? Uh, what are your thoughts on Well, I, I, you know, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. First of all, if you listen to the clip and listen to what he's asking as far as, you know, would you listen? That's what he asked. If they called up, would you listen? Now, this is a person with $11, $12 billion, his own jets. He has uh, businesses all over the world. He has heads yep. of state all over the world always calling him. So it yep. isn't out of the normal like uh, Putin would call Bob Branch one night. You know, that would be out of the normal. But it's not out of the normal in the world of Donald Trump to have a head of state call up and say, hey, listen, Donald, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good. Hey, did you hear about this? So I think that's how President Trump is really answering. And, and what's refreshing is he's not putting political spin. He's not telling Stephanopoulos, you know, uh, uh, BS. And to me, that would turn me off if President Trump – and I knew he wouldn't – if President Trump would have denied it would have been he's not our guy anymore, but he didn't. He just told it the way it is. And another thing too, and and that that whoever the commentator was with Stephanopoulos afterwards said, well, McGann is the is the worst person that they would ever want uh, to testify against him, and that's why they don't want him to do it. Excuse me, he already did to Mueller. Trump had. Uh, him testify to Mueller. Mueller, there was no questions off the table, and there's 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 no other testimony. I mean, the testimony is already in the report. So yep. you know, I don't understand why they keep inventing a narrative that does not exist. And you know, not a fan of Stephanopoulos, never have been. So yeah, yeah, he he's something else. I tell you. Uh, let, let's go to uh, Eric. Eric, what are your thoughts? Go ahead. Eric Thompson, go ahead. Yeah, sorry about that. I had to get off mute. Yeah, I mean, the the whole – I did a show on the uh, Trump interview with Stephanopoulos, and uh, I, I'm kind of conflicted on – I don't know either either he – uh, spoke off his cuff and and really tried to take it back, or he he go see we don't we uh, we may underestimate President Trump's pre thinking on things. You know that I mean okay I'm going to go talk to George and I know what they're probably going to try to accomplish. So I'm going to shock them and say that yeah I would talk if somebody comes to me yeah I'll talk to him. Knowing that it's going to bring up Hillary's dishonesty, Hillary's dirty deeds, the way that she colluded with the Russians, the way that Fusion GPS, you know, used Christopher Steele to try to talk to Russians. So, I, I, there, because there was no real benefit to President Trump sitting down with Stephanopoulos, and uh, unless he was sure. trying to sure. re, recall, recall, you know, Hillary. Yeah, and, and so we look that, at that's Eric. All I could... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. Go ahead. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean that. That's when I when I watch President Trump. I see. I'm a conservative independent, and I was not a Trump supporter. So I was a guy that came in after he mocked, you know, I'm lying, Ted, and and uh, you know, low energy jab, and so I kind of came in late, and I was I was one of those guys that was kind of hoping that he would. Keep his words, and I and I've been I've been extremely 
surprised and supportive of President Trump. So I I haven't seen him make a major mistake or retract on any of his promises. That's why I I I, I have to believe that that he doesn't really fear anybody in D.C. because he doesn't need the job. And the left doesn't know. I don't know if you guys saw this, but it was it's you know President Trump tweeted tonight that uh, an hour ago. Next week, ICE will begin the process of removing the millions of illegal aliens who have illicitly found their way into the United States. They will be removed as fast as they come in. Mexico, using their strong immigration laws, is doing a very good job of stopping these people. And he's signing a, a, a deal with Guatemala to make them apply for asylum there instead of here. So, you know, they don't know what to deal with them. So all they can try to do is get him to trip up at some point. And, and I don't think they're going to be successful. So that's why I keep telling my radio audience, we really need to focus on 2020 and a massive turnout for the sake of getting the House back in a big enough right. majority that we could fix immigration law. Because I think right. President Trump's going to hold his own when it comes to his position in getting reelected. But we've really got to get the House back. Or we're not going to see the changes we want. And I think... Eric, I think we're in a good position to. I mean, you look at what's going to happen, but it's, I mean, let, let, let's face the facts here. The people that elected these left wing nut jobs into the House are expecting them to successfully impeach Trump, and that's never going to happen. So when 2020 comes around and they haven't impeached Trump, I don't think too many people on the left are going to be enthused to go vote for those same people. So you agree? Yeah, and, and you can look at Biden's turnout. Eighty people showed up for his uh, his speech in Iowa, and President Trump has 130,000 people that want to that want to hear him talk tomorrow on on running for 2020. So we we have the excitement gap is still on, you know, President Trump's side. You saw the 130 turnout fiasco or no turnout fiasco on Saturday where MoveOn.org thought they could create an underflow and nobody showed up. Yeah, oh yeah, that that too, but and also another, you know, sign is in Florida, you got 40, about two days, 48 hours before the Trump rally starts in Florida, you have people camping out. What other candidate gets that? You know what I mean? No, so so we have the excitement, so that, so uh, that's what I'm, I'm really trying to get across to people that I talk to on my, on my show and stuff and on my mega book is, is, yeah. you know, seek, seek God and, and don't get pulled into the abyss with the culture and be different yeah. than the world. So the world can see that you don't have to be a whore. You don't have to be yeah. in New York where they're going to legalize prostitution. You know, right. you don't have to give up your body just to be, to be liked or to be in you know, this idea of uh, chemical abortions. Oh, we're just going to do chemical abortions. Well, that's where you put the solution in the, in the womb and it burns the baby to de- death in two days. You know, we, we got to be more zealous for righteousness instead of trying to – we need to be on the offense, and that's why President Trump is so popular because he's always on the offense, even, even when he was fighting through the barrage in his first year of – of rhinos right. and, and backstabbers inside his party, and the FBI was leaking, and the CIA was leaking. But yeah. I, I think Stephen Miller and the people that are on his team are brilliant. And for him to come out and just tweet an hour ago, "Hey world, 
next week we're going to send them, we're going to start sending millions of Mexicans and South Salvadorans back home starting Monday. So that shocks, it. that puts a shock wave through it. And people don't know how to deal with that confidence. And, and, and while we're all, we're all, we're all analyzing all this, he's behind the scenes just getting his job done. So I'm very impressed with the president. Absolutely. Amen, my friend. Um, let's go to Daryl. Daryl, go ahead. Daryl twenty Daryl Kane twenty twenty dot com in case anybody wants to No, it's Daryl Kane twenty twenty four dot com. He'll be running for president in twenty twenty four if anybody wants to look at uh and connect with him and, and, and view all his policies and all that good stuff and uh you can definitely he's very very personable, very social. You can ask him anything. Daryl is a is the best of the best. He's the he's the great warrior. Uh Daryl, go ahead. I don't. I, I. I'm blushing, Rory. God. God bless you. I'm so so kind of you to to say that. Um, it's it's just it's it's an honor to have an opportunity to be on this program with you, and your and your panel. Now such such wonderful people on here, and and such important conversations that don't occur uh, in much of mainstream conservative media. So it's very important that we continue to push the envelope on these things and. And you know Eric's message is, I think, is very touching and 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 on point uh, about you know turning turning away from the world, and we we do. I mean, we 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 have to recognize how destructive virtually everything that we are surrounded with is, and you have to get yeah. to the point where you, you have to be able to scroll through every channel on TV and yeah. realize that everything is toxic. Every channel, uh, you know, I, I, for a while, I mean, I, I stopped watching really um, movies and, and television several years ago. I kind of had a policy where I basically stuck to period pieces because you figure if you're dealing with classic literature, you know, there's only so much that they can do to pervert it. And they've actually gotten very good at perverting just that, even period pieces now. Uh, everything for all of human history is made to fit through the lens of, you know, victim feminism or, you know, the evils of colonialism. And uh, they're tearing down the entire culture and they're spitting on it and they're, you know, they're dancing on the ashes. And it's disgraceful. And, and, look, and we have look to at, do – Look yeah. at the example. Like, let me give you an, like a quick example, which I talked about earlier. Like you're talking about so many things that are relevant. But, like, Vermont now allowing taxpayers funded transgender sex reassignment surgeries for children. I mean, these are the kind of policies, evilness, that are getting put into place. I mean, this is so anti-American. But keep going. I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's right. And that's a great point. And that's something that I've been been very clear on. You know, that is sexual abuse of minors. That's what that is. Uh, so, So the conservative response to that should not be, you know, no, my taxpayers are not going to pay for you to mutilate the genitalia of a six-year-old boy. It's no, and if you ever suggest that to a child under the age of 18, you're going to go away for a very long time. Because that's what that is. Let's, let's call that what that is. This is, this is, it is, for me, is a topic that is, frankly, a topic that I get more hot on really than anything else. Because Me too. you know, it's one thing when adults are doing something, but when you're introducing minors through taxpayer education, taxpayer funded education, and you're indoctrinating them in these ideologies, these lifestyles, 
this is this is as evil and sick a thing as as Western civilization has produced. I mean, it's 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 as far as I'm concerned, it's as evil and sick as as abortion as abortion on demand. And you know, the conversation is just is so out of you know, it's like is this is this something that taxpayers should be should be funding. That's like the, the starting point for the conservative argument. The starting point for the conservative argument should be life in prison. And then we work our way down to an appropriate penalty for that. I mean, the type of, the type of stuff that we have going on, it takes a little bit of, of, you have to sort of step back because we're all walking along through this thing. We've got our TV on, we've got our this on or that on. And you know, there's a, just a natural tendency that wherever you are, it feels normal. And you have to shake yourself out of that. Like, actually step back. Say, what am I actually looking at on TV? You know, what, what are they actually teaching the children? And when you apply that perspective, when you sort of just totally unplug momentarily, and then you step back and you look at it, I mean, it's, it's horrifying because it's pure evil is, is what it is. It's pure abject evil. 180 degree rejection of the Christian values which our nation are, are founded upon. And I make this point many times. If you're 180 degrees away from Christian values, where does that place you? That places you on Satanism. That's exactly what the, the modern progressivism is about. It's about Satanism, a complete inversion of our values, uh, ugliness, ugliness glorified, and beautiness, and beauty, excuse me, beaten down. And uh, it's it's just so, and 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 God bless your guest on here tonight. You've been on here before, and I just have such tremendous appreciation for your military service, as well as Eric's, as well as Dr. Branch's, all of you guys. I've been a civilian my entire life, so when you guys are here, I always give you guys your respect for that. You guys will never have a beer if I'm on the room. You guys will never pay for a beer if, if I'm around you. If you guys even drink, I'm not much of a drinker myself, but. God bless you guys for being on here. I appreciate you talking about going to Congress. I know that you know you don't necessarily need to get as deeply entrenched into these conversations as we do, but I nevertheless want you to hear these things. And I, and I think that it, you know I understand that we have to be pragmatic. That if someone in California cannot run on the same platform as you know someone in a state like Montana, but even if you're running on a different platform. In Tennessee or wherever it is, Tennessee is not, you know, a deeply blue state, but but this is a, a national message. You may have to run on a pragmatic platform, but you need to understand. You need to have a gut check moment. You need to understand what's actually going on, and you know what we're fighting for. And we can have the pragmatic approach. We have to be playing this game on multiple levels because the left, on the large scale, they're actually winning. You know, I mean, on the very largest scale, they're doomed to lose. Right, we know that, but but in the kind of reality of what we're dealing with, the left has been marching this country leftward for the past 50 years, and we have to fight many different battles to get there. But just my thing for everyone is understand what this is really about, and understand that what these things really are is they're evil, and and they're not just like goofy things. You know, a man who has surgically mutilated his genitalia. That is not just like a funny thing. That is, that is a horrible thing. That is a tragic lifestyle choice that an individual has made that is irreversible to permanently maim themselves and remove the reproductive reality of their existence and their identity 
in an irreversible way. And and there's a part of this where you have to actually you have to actually have compassion for that person because they've been led so far astray that they've done something that drastic. Uh, and the first thing that we have to do is we have to stop them from encouraging others to do that. Because what what is the natural inclination when you're a nine year old boy and you're and you've been mutilated like that and you wake up you're 20 years old and you realize that you have nowhere to go with your life. And you see this. You see these incredibly alarming suicide rates. And, of course, any logical person looks at it and says, yeah, this person is realizing that they have done something very, very serious that they can't fix. Right. Okay? Right. And, and, and the leftist response to that is, oh, this means that we have to do more to normalize it. We have to do more to make these people feel normal. That's their response to it. So the first thing is we have to draw a line on no, no propagandizing on this stuff to children. That's step one. If you even think about it, if you come within 50 yards of a school zone with those attitudes, you're going away for a very long time. So it's a, it's a, I, I know I went off on a little bit of a rant, but I get really hot about that because you're talking about children. And I've said this before. If I do nothing, if I do one thing as president, I will restore the innocence of the American child. So that is, that yeah. is an absolute act of evil that has been taken away unilaterally. Children sexualized at incredibly young ages. This stuff going on, and just the yeah. you have you have Disney, Disney, you know the, yeah. the the company that we revere for children and family entertainment, and you yeah. watch the messaging in all of their products, and it's pure evil. It is appalling and disgraceful. So thanks everyone for being patient uh, with and my little rant, but. Just God bless everyone on here for such such wonderful thoughts tonight and every night, and and I wish you the best, sir, running for Congress, and and I wish the best for everyone here as well. And Daryl, it's Daryl Kane twenty twenty four dot com, right? That's right, and that's that's just there's not much on there. I don't want to. You're not going to find my panel. If you want my panel positions? Pick up the phone and call me. I'm available to anybody around the country. Can contact me. The website right now is up. We have a uh, a brief video, and there's an ability for you to get on on a mailing list as we roll out more things with the campaign. But uh, I'm I'm available. You can track me down. I'm not I'm not too big of a thing right now to where I don't answer my inbox. I talk to people all around the country on the phone every day. If you're dealing with something, if you have a problem, uh, and you need a friend, you need anybody, I'm there for you. God bless you, and yeah. God bless everyone listening tonight. Yeah, we 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 love you, Daryl, and we appreciate you. And uh, you know, I want to before I go to the next person, I want to get your thoughts just real quick on the video, uh, Trump's clip with uh, little Georgie. Well, I, I think I think that George is is a is an agent of evil, and you know, I do think that. And as I said this the other night, Trump does say some careless things. Uh, but for the left to to conflate this to the level that they are, mm-hmm. you know, you add the layer of irony when you actually look at the things that they do on a daily basis, and right. it's it's absurd, you know. So yeah, that interview, I think I think it was it was kind of cool that Trump went on into enemy territory, and he's kind of showing them that he's he's not afraid of them. I mean, he did say some things that probably weren't the smartest things to say. But, you know, there's, there's nothing there 
remotely concerning, nothing there that comes anywhere close to the crimes that the Democratic Party commits every day that Hillary Clinton committed you know, while acting under the Obama administration. That entire party, that entire movement is engaged in treason on a daily basis. So for them to try and play word games exactly. with Donald Trump is is just it's it's just too much. You're, you're absolutely right. Very well said. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break, everybody, and then we'll come back with the rest of the panel, and then we will close the show. Uh, stay with us, though. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, Skyray Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at Skyray Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaySecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly, to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the behind-the-scenes production. Everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert, to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production.
are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listened to now in 24 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit our media site, thenextgenusa.com. And uh, don't forget, uh, we will uh, be announcing much more details. Um, Obviously, I couldn't do a lot of it tonight, but I will be announcing more and more details this week uh, regarding the new big network we're launching. Uh, So, so much excitement, so much to look forward to. And uh, I cannot wait. Um, let me get a few more minutes. Let me let me go to Mike Peters. Mike P- Mike Peters in New York. I know you have some thoughts. Go ahead. Yeah, Todd. Todd's still with us, right? Yeah. Let me. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. he's on. Okay, Todd. I want to thank you for your service, like everyone else, and we really appreciate it. And I'm really glad to see that more and more veterans are stepping up. Um, to fill positions and take positions in Washington, whether it's the Senate or uh, Congress or any of the positions that are there, we need this. We need com- common sense in Washington, people that know what's going on. And uh, we really appreciate it, and, and it's encouraging, and uh, we really wish you all the best over there. And uh, I was reading through your background, your, uh, your bio, and you, you've really done a lot and seen a lot, which makes a big difference in um, – in government, because these people that are passing the laws, the people in Congress and everything, have no clue. They don't understand. They can't. How can they judge what's going on in the Middle East when they don't know the inshallah mentality that these people uh, have yeah. over there? And, and they, they don't have a clue. They're, they're idiots. What they're doing is they're judging everything based on how we live here in our country today. And that's a different planet with a different reality. Uh, they yes, don't get yes. Yes. And, and, and so... Yeah, and, we need people, people like you that have seen it and they could make these judgment calls instead of the idiots that are making. Now, a perfect example is the thing with the mines on the, the tankers over there. I'm, I'm, I'm reading some of the stuff on Facebook and some of the comments from the media. Then, well, we have to be compassionate and understanding with the Iranians. No, we don't. Do you understand how these people think? They don't. They don't get it whatsoever. I, so, I absolutely agree 100%. You're, you're absolutely right. 100%. Yeah, so all the best to you. And hopefully Thank when you win, you come back in and visit us over here. Please don't forget us. No, ne- <laughs> never never going to forget any, anybody, wherever they're at. And, you know, like I say, even if you're from New York, you come down to D.C., you need some help. If your congressman's not helping you, you can stop into my office. I'll, I'll help you out for sure. Oh, that would be refreshing because I've, I've run into that problem many times. And the first thing a politician <laughs> tells me is, well, Who's your representative? What district are you in? We suggest that you go to him because that's how they, that's the game that they play. They try to understand. Yeah, that's what that's what that's what bureaucrats in the whole deep state do. They know how to they know how to basically say no without telling yeah. you no. And, and I I used to go to say the Department of the Army, Department of Defense, civilians, and other agencies. And basically, I'm, I go up to them and say, I know you're going to say no, I, but how do we get to a yes? And then they tell me like, well, this is how, this is what you got to do to get to a yes. I'm like, okay. And some some of them they know how to deflect. The yeah, they'll give you some. They, of them they do. They give know. You the run, yep. Yeah. Some some give you the runaround because they, they know they get away with it. And and also another thing that I really like myself as a government contractor, my my wife and I feed military. I'd love to see uh, somebody in Congress start really looking at the contracting system and why they're not using best value for either for even 
the low-end contracts instead of only high-end electronics contracts and service contracts. They use best value. Everything else is lowest bid. And I see my guys getting fed crap from competitive from, yep. uh, competition caterers. They're fed garbage. And, and you're in the National Guard, so you've seen it. Where they'll get, they'll get uh, people that end up as government contractors bringing food in cardboard boxes, and the guys are fed left, leftovers. And contracting doesn't care. You know, the, uh, it's, yeah. it's really frustrating. Uh, and so there, has to, there are quite a few things that have to be addressed, and uh, that would be, that'd be great if yep. things like that can be looked at. But that's going to only happen with people like yourself that know how it works. That have seen yeah, and I've done I've done contracting and a lot of things like that, just as a, an additional duty, and so I, I got I got a good understanding of how that works. Uh, you know, certainly not an expert; it wasn't my primary job, but I've done a lot of things like that. I've done a lot of project managing, uh, and also contract officers uh, stuff, where I basically oversaw uh, certain contracts and basically made sure that they lived up to their end of the bargain. And if they broke the, the contract, basically I had to take it take it up higher and, and basically go from there. Uh, so I, yeah. I, I've seen it, and I, I, see, I see a lot of problems with, with, the, with the system. And, you know, so there's a lot of things we could address, and there's a lot of things I think that could be worked out at the Department of Defense level, Department of the Army, and, and so on. Uh, but it's right. just a matter of basically unti- untying their hands from, from a legislative standpoint and saying, hey, whatever's in your purview, make sure you're doing it with, with the best interest of, of the troops and the best interest of the taxpayers right. at, at heart. And if you don't, yeah. then you're going to come in and get, get your hands slapped and, and, and so on. Yes, it's true. So I mean, thank you so much. That's the way much. to do it. That's, yes, it. that's the way to do it. I like it. Uh, let's yeah. go. Oh, yeah. Let's go to Brandy in Texas. I'll let you have the last word, and then we got to close out the show. Go ahead. Brandy in Texas, are you there? Hello. Just not. Um, got about a minute left. Yeah, we pretty much have to close. We got to pretty much have to close. Got to close out the show. Um, Todd, please tell everybody where they can connect with you. Yes, so it's it's toddforhouse.com. That's T-O-D-D, the number four H-O-U-S-E dot com. Also on yeah. on Facebook, Todd McKinley for Congress. That's M-C-K-I-N-L-E-Y uh, for Congress. On Twitter, it's at Todd for House, T-O-D-D, the number four H-O-U-S-E. And tomorrow we will have the link up so people can donate uh, on the website. And also on the Twitter, it'll be, it'll be tweeted out. Uh, so if, if you like what you see, donate. And I, I would really appreciate it. It's going to go a long way in ensuring victory in 2020. Uh, and it's a safe Republican district. Uh, we need younger leadership. We need veterans in there. Uh, I fit all of those things. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a young 41, and I'm you know, a retired United States Army paratrooper ready to go in Rock City and D.C. and get it done for you. And, Todd, we always love having you on. We'll have you back soon. And thank you for your service, my friend. And thank you for all you do. And uh, you've got amazing insight. And uh, I really wish you the best, and I'm praying for you. Thank you, and God bless you guys. God bless all your listeners. And good luck on the new platform. Whatever whatever you guys are going to roll out, I know it's going to be great. Yeah, and you and I will definitely talk about it. Uh, definitely probably something there for you. So I can definitely uh, chat. Ch- I'll chat with you soon about it. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. All righty, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you, Todd. God, God, God bless, guys. God bless. Uh, let, let's, go, let's go to Eric. Uh, Eric, please tell everybody where they can connect with you. Yeah, you can always um, get a hold of me on Mojo, like mojo 5 I'm on Monday through Friday, 11 
p.m. Pacific time, 2 a.m. in the morning. That's late, so you can head over to mojo50.com, click on the microphone, look up Informant Show, and you'll see all my shows. But the most important thing for me is to get you over to my social media site because there's more news coming out today that Twitter is blocking down or taking down people's responses, tweets, kicking people off, YouTube, even uh, WordPress is kicking people off now. So head over to MAGABook, M-A-G-A Book. Dot com on the alternative where free speech still exists. Megabook.com. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent, my friend. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Uh, okay, awesome. Thank you. Do, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dr. Branch, uh, go ahead. Uh, please tell everybody where they can connect with you. Yes. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Bob Branch. You can follow me on Twitter at Bob Branch. That's B-O-B-B-R-A-N-C-H. Good night, Rory. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Branch. We'll see you tomorrow. I want to thank everybody uh, for tuning in tonight. Uh, it's been a fantastic show. I want to thank my guests, my audience, my co-hosts and sponsors. Uh, the show just keeps getting better and better. It's everything you could want from a show. Uh, definitely things I did not get to tonight that I will get to tomorrow. Uh, I hope you all have a very blessed night. Uh, I'm Rory Sauter. I will see you all tomorrow at 10 p.m. Eastern. God bless everybody. Mega, mega, mega. Cheers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.